Blog Talk Radio.
niggas stay slipping into darkness. I stay listening to Marcus, the true and living. You a carcass, living in the Caucasus while my forefathers was authoring everything that the new world is sponsoring. No, I don't belong to them. I'm not a spawn of shem. First I will admonish them, then I will astonish them. Then it's just gone with them, off with the wind. I go off with the pen, guzzle head, muzzle men for their burnt offering. I learn often when a man claim he God, he be more like a Nimrod. Thinking you can box with me, I cross your eyes and dodge your teeth just to drop a venom that'll end them niggas logically. Pardon me, my enemies make me malicious. Revenge, I'ma learn ya, then I'ma burn ya. Delicious, vicious, make you stop up the whole slaughter. My wet flow, wake your ass up like cold water. I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers. Devil's out for me, cause my beats are out for me like Drake 3000. See, we coming from Virginia, and we gon' continue to keep that hot shit up on the menu. What you prefer, pure cane or splendor? I know you want the real, so just witness the inner splendor. Regardless how you feel, and regardless of who you kin to, you could be kin to Kunta, you sending my pen and shoot you. You could be kin to Martin, just watch what you niggas start. Yo, do the knowledge, or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge, or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge, or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the Knowledge or you gon' die, motherfuckers. The streets love us, no one above us. Ashes to ashes, my nigga, dust is to dust. You know we like to pass it, nigga, bust up the dungeons and start the rushing and lumping and dumping off on these dust. I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, for the text of rap. A true connection to the hidden track The holy name, bear the flame, resurrected fact We moving right exact, premeditated tax Begin to swirl, show the world where the light is at It's just a given fact, it all begins in black We let you take the will, but now it's time to give it back You know it is the black, alpha and omega If you try to fight it, you're gonna have to deal with mama nature You just the children of a lesser god Children of the sun, number one repertoire. So we represent the temple and man. Check the mainframe, we game change, transform, rearrange things. It's not the same plane. Wise words elude the ears of the profane. Still, we broke chains and released a few brains in the process. Coming with the right knowledge, manifest supreme logic. I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little sisters, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little brothers, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Little niggas, I said, do the knowledge or you gon' die. Motherfuckers. Deadly serious. Better start learning your lessons. Watch the world around you. Understand what's going on. Who you are. Where you came from. Where you get your name from. Don't be a fucking lame, son. One. Black African Power. Welcome to the Rebirth of the African Civilization Show. 
the home of the Amara Squad, a well-organized life. Defeats a disorganized truth. Peace to you, brother. Shout to every black African power. What's good? Hey, yo. Hey, yo, I'm MJ, MJ, MK Ultra. Snake head on my head. Vulture. I make beds till I break bread with Oprah. I'm over Cobra, stay ahead of culture. They made new slaves, I'ma make new niggas And on paydays, I'ma make new figures Fuck Bill Gates, I dance with Medusa And the dance bring me cake like a master the Musa In this world, I'm a force in my brand new speakers Your girl love my voice and my band two features King Tut coffin, dreams of assaulting Seen it so potent, my teeth born talking And tongues never spoken, scripts never written I call that the hitting one like almond, the unlettered prophet that prophesies the ramen. The flow been knowledge, I open college, and I use sign language that is so symbolic. Black African power. Welcome to the rebirth of the African Civilization Show, the home of the Amara Squad. What's good? What's happening? A well-organized lie defeats a disorganized truth every time. Woo-hoo-wee! Man, y'all already know what it is, fam. It's God killer in the house, right? And we're coming to do what we're going to do, and we're going to do what we got to do. We standing tall, we standing strong, and we putting in that work. Man, family, good to have you this evening, man, having a special, 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 special show. Man, we having Ricardi Almond on, the master teacher of the meta nature, the sister extraordinaire, absolutely positively, show will be dynamic. It's been a long, long week, you know what I'm saying? And it's glad, glad to have everybody here. Happy Kwanzaa. Man, for those who understand and for those who know, let's keep it moving and let's keep it grooving. Man, all right, let me get one of the squad members in real quick, real fast. Y'all got to hit one on your keypad. Ned and Ned, what's good? What's happening, bro? What's good, Hotep, Hotep, Black African Power, Uncle Justin, everybody, family. Hey, man, what's good with you there, bro? Man, putting that work in, trying to learn more, be the best I can be, be the best black man I can yeah. be out here. That's what it did. Man, that's right, man. It's Kugi Chagalea, man. Self-determination, man. Self-determination, because we are self-determined people, man. And you know that language helps us put us right back where we need to be. Where you at, Smash? What's good, brother? I'm a raw squad up. Peace, Black African Power. How y'all doing? I'm a raw squad up. What's good, Dan Smash? How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm just chilling, surviving, you know. We're getting mm-hmm. looking forward. Looking forward to a beautiful uh discussion with Sister Doctor Rakeana. I can't wait. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. I can't wait. It may it's good to have a um man, a community activist, um, on the show. 
You know, uh, she was an activist in Chicago. Uh, she attended uh, Chicago City College, you know what I'm saying, University of Illinois. As an undergrad, I mean, she got a little bit of college and Jewish studies. I mean, this is a powerful sister that a lot of the brothers and sisters aren't familiar with, man. Man, she also studied in the Ph.D. program, man, Egyptology, man. It's just a powerful sister that we really need to get reacquainted with. This is important. Sometimes as we doing our thing, teaching the people, moving hard, fighting the war of racism, white supremacy in our minds, some kind of way we forget about the sisters that put the platform in place for us to stand tall and strong. And so it's just time, you know, to put the elders back in the right perspective. You know, that's what the Amaral Squad is for. Protection of the ancestors and protection of the ways of the elders. For those who taught right, proper knowledge. For those who didn't allow us to fly off into Never Never Land, but kept us solid. Right? Man, she becomes a Kulu Kulu. Because the information that she has brought to the community has added to the community and has put us in a better place. And for that, she becomes God in the African context. This is something we must never, never forget. So I'm waiting for the sister to call in. The great doctor, all you have to do is hit one on your keypad. How you been doing that on that and that? Man, I'm just finishing up my work on uh, the systematic uh, history, the document of the Egyptian language, African element as the key, just touching up uh, on that work. And, yeah, I mean, just putting that work in the community, keep studying, and looking forward to uh, class this, this January, get my mind ready for Dr. Ricketti class this uh, mm. this January. So, you know, I'm just preparing myself. How about yourself mm. and other squad members? Hey, man, hey. Hey, you know, you know we're good and we keep it strong, man. Man, we keep it strong. Let me get um, Brother Ish in there. Brother Ish, what's good? I'm Ross Squad up. I'm Ross Squad up. Peace you, Brother Ankh. Peace you, Brother Nev. How you doing this evening, family? Peace, peace. Hotep. I'm Hotep. How you doing, uh, Elder? Hotep, great God. Everything's well. Everything's going real good, brother. Mm. All right. Okay, let me see if we got Ujao. What's good? I'm Ross Squad up. I'm a raw squad up. Uh, Hotep, Hotep, greetings, uh, brother Ish, brother Netanib, brother Smash, Jonathan, and Uncle Keck. Uh, Black African Power. I'm looking forward to uh, tonight's show with um, whom I affectionately call Mutinwer Nisesh Medunetcher, which means our great mother of the writings of divine communication or divine words, or they say it's word of God, because she is the teacher of teachers. She's, um, I took her class. She's my uh, teacher. I know she's um, Mfundishi's teacher, as well as um, Benochi Montgomery, as well as a lot of people out that are actually teaching. So she's raising teachers, you know, and I, I appreciate her, and I just look forward to her um, wisdom uh, tonight. So I'm going to hang back and uh, listen in. Please, please. Peace and blessings. No, don't hang back. Don't hang back. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I'm, I'm uh, don't hang you know, back. I'm listening. Don't you do it. 
right, man. Let me hold on. Let me get her in the line right now. Let me see. I think she hit one. Let me find. Let me find. Let me find. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay, hold on. She just did the phone. Just hang out there. One second. I saw her on here. Is brother Jonathan out here? Yeah, yeah, you're on the here, peace. Yeah. Peace. Oh, How peace, you doing? peace, 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 Good show, man. Listen, listen directly from the teacher of teachers. How you put it? That's 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 beautiful. Yeah, as a teacher of teachers, man. Let's just get that. Let's recognize where we at. You know, mm-hmm. and, and man, it's always a powerful statement to get the elders coming through. Sometimes we get we get wrapped up in the foolery of the day, all right? Uh, dealing with people that's, that's shrouded in foolery. And so it's good to right. have a uh, good solid teacher on. You know what I mean? It's good to have that, that elder, man, just to take us through the journey. You know what I'm saying? And and then to let the elders know that we're right here and ready to carry forth. You know? That's, right. That's right. That's right. It's a good thing. You know, always has been. Okay, there she goes. Let me get on it. Uh, without further ado, man, let me get the great teacher teachers on. Hotep, Black African Power. Yamotep, are you able to hear me? Loud and clear. Yes. Loud oh, good. Very good. As I called in several times. Hotep, Uncle Justin, to everyone. I heard your introduction. I heard a lot of what was said a few minutes ago. Duau, thank you so much for all of that. Well. Glad to have you on the show, and we're feeling like this is a very, very important show. So can you kind of, like, just take us on that little ride? Let me start off um, with saying, first of all, thank you for your working in the community, and it has not gone unnoticed by this particular generation. I can't speak for other people's generation, but I can speak for this generation that is taking the bulls by the horn to make sure the elders uh, work can be seen by the rest of the world and the, and the younger brothers and sisters. So I'd like to say thank you from the Amaral squad for that, sis. It's a thank great you. Doctor. Thank you. Thank you. So let me hit you with the first question. How, okay. How and why did you take interest in the language of metanature? Okay. I like that question. Do all for the question that, do all wish you that, um, I'd first like to start off by saying that today, Netrodeb, you actually posted a an old video from ASCAC Conference, 1986. Uh, thank you for that, for posting that. You're welcome. A lot of people don't um, realize or know anything about, you know, the history of ASCAC, the beginning of Semitic studies in in the community. So thank you for posting that, and I encourage everybody to take a look at it. It's not the whole thing, but just a little bit that you have there. Um, 
can um, has a lot of information about how things all started. So that goes in with the question that you just asked me. Um, you all know probably I'm from Chicago. That's where I was born and raised in Chicago. And being, I was very active in the civil rights movement, SNCC, CORE, even associating with the Panther Party, just an activist in the community at that time. And then we also had the Center for Inner City Studies under Dr. Jacob Crothers and Conrad Worrell there um, as well, which has um, played a really important role in in the early scholars, a gathering place for, for scholars to gather and spread information that they had to the community and allow inner city people to go to school. Anyway, all of that. Oh, was really important, and I was involved there as well too. So, in the in the early eighties, well, actually in the late seventies, in the early eighties, um, I was in school and at the University of Illinois, and Dr. Ben used to always come there to give lectures and talk. Invited by the African Student Union. And so I always had an opportunity to go there and listen to him because I was there. And he really stirred up my interest in Kemet. Um, and at that time, I was studying linguistics at the University of Illinois. And I, I love languages. I've always tried to learn as many languages as I possibly could, no matter what. And so when I did have an opportunity to um, to study uh, Medunetra at, at the University of Chicago, I really um, took that opportunity, even though that's not at all what I had planned to do with my life, period. But just to go back a little bit, at the Northwestern where Dr. Carruthers was, they actually had a group of scholars um, really brilliant young people who were just studying and reading and researching on their own everything they possibly could. And we, too, ran across Kemet and Medunetra, and we started on our own just studying it and learning it, um, even before I went to school. So that's really how I got interested in it from Dr. Ben, to be perfectly honest. And um, and then the Kemetic Institute uh that's how they, too, uh, became interested in Kemet. So this was about 1978, 1979, something like that. So I'll let you ask me the next question um, so I don't just keep running off with with that. Okay. That's where our interest really began, yeah. Okay. All right, got you. Um, Nate, you got a question? You know, and I'd like to just interject something, too, there, and that is at the time when when we were first studying, when we first picked up uh, information about Kemet, at that time, we don't know of other African Americans, anyway, really studying that. There were... We knew that there were people in New York, but what we were really interested in was the language, Medunetra. And 
for that, we realized that we were going to have to find a venue to to really study the language. And luckily, in in, in the city of Chicago is one of the premier schools of Egyptology in this country and in the world, and that's the University of Chicago Oriental Institute. And so knowing that, we, we realized that we had resources where we could actually teach ourselves the language. Um, and that's before I even went to school. So mm-hmm. we really did began going into the libraries and beginning to study the language on our own. So that's kind of like how that started. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right, Ned, you got the next question, brother. Where you at? Yeah. I don't have a watch of that but or question, but I would just like to say uh, Baba, uh, Reggie actually sent me that video, uh, Ask Cat Conference, uh, to my Gmail. I'll be doing a lot of corresponding with uh, Dr. Reggie, uh, Brother Reggie, who attended mm-hmm. that conference. Yeah, so he sent me the video to uh, research and check out some things in it that you were uh, stating in it. And so I just, uh, you know, posted it for, for people to, you know, know the beginnings of, of right. my great teaching. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't have to watch it that, though. Okay. Do okay. all for that, though. Do all. Right. Because yeah. after that, oh, uh, does someone else have no, no, question? No, no. And then we'll go ahead, Doc. We'll go ahead and then we'll get someone just, else from the question. Go ahead. Okay, I, I was just going to say that in the beginning, ASCAC was supposed to be a research um, instant organization. And mm-hmm. the plan was that we were going to do in-depth research on Kemet and Medunetcher. And one of the main things that we were focusing on was learning the language. Beyond that, we were also looking at history, the history of Kemet, and realizing really early on that we had to develop our own methodology for studying Kemet, that we could not just pick up uh, the books that were written by Breadstead and Budge and and all of the others. And in those days, way back then, people were reading Schwaller de Lubert's Gerald Massey and all these esoteric books on Kemet. Um, we realized really very early that we had to just let all of that go, put all of that aside, that there was very little that we could actually use in there and that we really needed to to develop our own methodology for study. And that still holds today. Um, And that is we cannot just, um, particularly when we're talking, particularly studying history, you cannot just pick up, their writings, their history books, and think that you're going to get much truth and real, well, truth and real knowledge and usable information out of those books because so much of it is false. And even with studying the language, we learned early on, too, that we were not going to be able to rely solely on their dictionaries and their grammars and um, all of the other things. Having been to the University of Chicago, I can tell you absolutely that what they teach is not uh, from an African perspective and from an African worldview and that you really have to 
think about everything that they say, even about language. History is pretty much a given. We know that their story of history is not the is not our story, not our understanding of history and events, but with language too, it's the same. So mm-hmm. those are two important things mm-hmm. that we realized very early, very early on. Asante, mm-hmm. okay. okay. Do you hear her calling now? Um, oh, Go in there and get her. Man, you hear her calling us in the bathroom. Help her. Mute him. Amen. Somebody <laughs> please me. Can't let them Harlem <laughs> people in here. <laughs> man, I cannot believe you. Uh, you, you got a question? Um, um, man. Yes. Yeah, I definitely got a question. I'll uh, be thrilled to ask. Something uh, I was wondering about the development of Metal Nature. If you could please explain to us uh, things about uh, the development of Metal Nature from the beginning or uh, proto dynastic stages to the final stages of the language, uh, how you assessed uh, the language. Do all for the Weshadet. Um of course, you know that that's a very full question that takes um, a whole lot of discussion. But just to say, let's let me start here, and that is, we know we're in the Hopi Iteru, the Nile Valley, where the language is being spoken, and we know that the Hopi Iteru, the Nile River, is very long and goes through several countries. And and all up and down the river, um, the language developed, coming moving from the the people the people and who are speaking uh, various dialects of of Medunetra from very ancient times. As a matter of fact, it's another issue, and that is time, chronology. How old, you know, how old is the language? How old is the culture? Um, how long, how many thousands of years were the people moving? Um, perhaps they were moving from the, as Dr. Ben used to say, from the mountains of the moon in Ethiopia, traveling down from maybe southern Africa to Zimbabwe, moving down to the Mediterranean. I mean, w- uh, one of the things that, one of the issues is chronology and time. And the proto proto-dynastic period, and even before then, how long does that stretch back in history and time? Uh, the early Egyptologists, European Egyptologists, used to say, we have a, a culture and a language that's about 10,000 years before B.C., that it is at least mm-hmm. that old. And then their mm-hmm. own historians began to push it up to correspond with biblical history, but mm-hmm. it's very, very ancient, and I, in my opinion, I think we go back many, like uh, fifteen, twenty thousand years of of history of people, culture in that area. Even though nobody ever talks about it like that, you know, people we we tend once again to use their history, use their dating system. You know, 8,000, 10,000, they even talk about, they've even pushed it back to 3,000 years B.C. But if you look at 
the rest of the planet and the way that the rest of the people on the planet tell their history, they push their history back very, very far in the past. But anyway, um, the language, the nature of language is um, that it's always changing. So you have different stages of of the language. I would say writing we have writing from at least 10,000 BC. And and so you have the different stages of the language because language is always changing, always developing. Um, and the writing as well, the spoken language and the writing. Add on top of that, there are many different dialects of the language as well. So when we talk about learning Medunetra, we're really talking about um, learning what they call the classical period, which is probably about five to 6,000 years before Christ. That's like the classical stage of the language. We're talking about learning. That's where we kind of start if you're starting to learn Medunetra. Um, but, but then... Scholars study different stages and as many as they can because each one offers something different and and not only grammar but semantics and meaning and worldview and stages of consciousness of the people, so to speak. So I don't know if that answers your question specifically. If not, just, you know, be more specific. Because I don't know if I really. No, that 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 was a wonderful answer. Thank you. Yeah, that, Thank you. Yeah, that was ex- yeah, doctor. That was an excellent answer, and um, I would agree with you about them not actually uh, vocalizing or putting out history in writing, because the the, the latest up to date scientific data uh, clearly shows that African culture goes for at least since Homo sapiens sapiens arrived on the planet, at least 196,000 years, and I'll give you almost exact words, that the first Homo sapiens sapiens were just as intelligent as we are today. They they give no reason to think that they were less intelligent. And so we know African culture at least extends to 196,000, 200,000 years. And if you get a chance, check out the uh, Comedic Conference Part two on Sign of the Studios where uh Brother Ngozi, uh myself, Brother Unc, and and, and, and Doctor Mayat, uh we give a presentation showing you that it's the South African culture that yep. later on end up in Central Africa and later on end up in the Nile Valley is where these people come from and their culture. So you're right. Our culture extends back farther than any uh culture on the planet and it goes back to at least 200,000 BCE, and modern science uh, uh, actually uh, proves and verifies this, but under no circumstance do they talk about it. So you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Right. No, uh, Western scholars do not talk about the African origins of Medunetra or the, the origins of the culture and the development from uh, of Medunetra from other African languages. Of course, we do, and and there there are a lot of our scholars who are connecting, who are reconnecting 
because we forgot because it wasn't written down for us. Um, but reconnecting the languages of Africa with um, nature and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. Because those languages of Southern Africa, the group of languages called the Bantu languages, and all of the other languages of the Sudan and and Northwest Africa, all those languages are all connected historically with Medunetra. And you, some scholars look at the picture, the whole picture, instead of that just one piece in the in the Nile Valley, because that piece in the Nile Valley developed out of Southern Africa and and those languages as the people moved. So all up and down the the Hapi Iteru, hundreds of languages were spoken. Um, but one interesting thing is that um, around the time of Kemet and the writing, all of those different languages, people who spoke all of those different languages, were more than likely able to read some form of the Medunetra. Um, that's something that they had in common, even though they spoke different languages. And you can see that phenomena happening in other parts of the world, too. For example, China is a good example of what I'm talking about, where you have a a country where there are about 56 different ethnic groups, over 200 different languages spoken, but they all read the same writing. They all read the same written script, even though they speak several hundred or a couple of hundred different languages. And the same in Kemet. All up and down the river, people were speaking different dialects, but also different languages. But it appears that they could read Medunetra. They could read the writing of Medunetra, um, the writing that we call Medunetra script, up and down the river. So a common writing system, different languages, that's that's seen in in other places on the continent, in the world as well as well. But it um it's so so important to learn this language. It is our I like to say classical in terms of having such a large body of written literature language mm-hmm. that where they wrote about every single thing that we write about today from all of the sciences and arts and everything, there's so much there to learn. And the only way that we're going to really learn it is by learning the language. Because as I said earlier, what the Europeans have translated and what they're saying about the language is just not even close to what it's actually saying and what it actually means. It's not even close. And it's hard to explain that because people don't believe it. You know, they'll say, well, I've read Wallace Budge. I read the Book of Coming Forth by Day, um, translated by Wallace Budge. And I understand a little bit of it, but that's, but what you really may not understand is that Wallace Budge understood so little of what he was writing, not to any fault of his own. He wasn't trying to mislead us, misguide us or anything like that. It's just that his worldview is so diametrically opposed or so 
different from our African worldview that he only understood what he understood. And it, it's difficult for us to go and read their translations and think we understand something. We don't. Not from reading that. The only way that we can really understand the Medinature is to look at it ourselves. It's a mm-hmm. picture writing. We need to focus more on the pictures themselves, um, which uh, reveals so much um, pictorially and reveals so much um, on so many multiple, multiple levels. And that's another thing. Medunetra is uh, a language that everything, the words, the pictures, are not just on one level of meaning, but multi, multiple, multiple levels of meaning and depth of meaning. It's very different from other languages um, that we know. Very, very different. So, And that's the only way that we're actually going to unlock the keys to the knowledge and the wisdom of ancient Kemet is through the language, not through translation of other by others, but our own work and study and research. Mm. I say it all the time. <laughs> they, tra- they tried to look at the language through the eyes of, of European Christianity, and, and then that's what they gave us to. Well, uh, where you at, Brother Ish? And then we got Jao, and then I'm going to take um, our Brother Sarnetta. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm right. Yes, I'm right here, Brother Ankh. Um First of all, thank you so much for taking the time, Dr. Raketi Ahmed. Um, I, I just have a, a brief question on people question sometimes the depth of understanding. So basically, can we decipher the Meru Netter? That, that's a question that's often asked. And then a second part question is, um, what do you think is the most effective way of connecting the formal to making it functional and practical to younger generations that may want to embrace it but be a little intimidated by the language. So, again, part one was, can we decipher the better netter and how can we make it functional and have the younger generation embrace it? Okay, do offer the question. And Uncle Justin, up to you. Um, decipherment. Do all, thank decipherment. you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we can decipher it. Decipher that, and I'm assuming that you mean by that, come to an understanding or, or get to the, get to the the meaning, the real meaning of the language, the semantics, the real meaning of the language. I'm, I think that's what you mean by that, because it, it is. We, yes, it is. We are Western, right? We've been born, bred, raised here in the United <laughs> States, and so you know this is all we know, right? And right. even though even though um, we are African and and we say that you know that we have we are connected with the universal African consciousness and and in our in our in our consciousness we we have an under we have an understanding of who we are where we came from and and our worldview and and all of that is true. This, this African consciousness that we're all part of and that we tap into every day of our lives is true. So given that, 
what I just said. We can we can understand the African worldview. We can tap into that. We can realize that. We can step into that state of consciousness. We can and but for us it it's it just takes a, con- a more conscious effort to do that. In terms of the grammar, that's pretty much a given. It's nothing grammar how words are ma- are made, how sentences are put together, paragraphs, phrases, etc. That is more or less basic, but realizing that there are different, you know, different stages of the language and the grammar changes throughout the different stages of the language. But meaning, I think one of the things that we can focus on a little bit more in our study of the language is the pictures. Um, Because, for example, we have sometimes a word and we're looking for the meaning of the word you look up in the dictionary and they give their meanings of the words and you say, well, but the picture seems to say something different to me. Um, I think we could focus on the pictures a little bit more to find meaning. After all, the language is pictorial, written with pictures in a real sense. Um, So I think we could focus a lot more on that. Um, And in translating, I think we could also focus more on um, what else could it be. Um, definitely exploring other translations besides the ones in the dictionary and never really accepting those um, as as as, the, as our first choice, but focusing more on the pictures. I don't I really don't know how else to get to it but I do know that focusing on the pictures themselves is something we just really have not been doing uh, from the very beginning. Another thing is that well I mean decipherment meaning is is the most difficult uh part of the study. Actually, um, it just really is because we don't want to use their dictionary definitions. We don't want to just do that just as as a, a given, but we have to look deeper into that and also comparing with other languages, right. Compare, af, right. comparison with other African languages, right? Um, right. We we try that method as well. But since, um, and that works a lot of times, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have compared, you have comparison with other African languages, focusing more on the pictures, um, even meditation, doing more study on individual words um, mm-hmm. and phrases um, as well. And I'm talking about semantics here. I'm not even talking about grammar, which is easier to to grasp. And no, I'm totally with you. I, there's a spiritual depth to to trying to find out what it's truly saying, or the different layers of what's being said and and right. portrayed. Right. Yeah, right. and there are many different layers 
like there are multiple levels of meaning. And you just take a single word or a single, let's just do um, uh, prepositions. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Okay. So Mm -hmm. each of them has so many, has many different meanings, like the owl, for example. Um, Many, many different meanings. And then it's hard to figure out what exactly does it mean? Or just take a word, um, any word, and it also has multiple levels of meaning, not just one level of meaning. Right. Something that we're really not used to, speaking an Indo-European language like English or French. We're just not used to that. Um, and so we, it forces us to use different parts of our brain that we just normally don't use for language um, and speaking, like I said, speaking English or French or um, an Indo-European language. We don't use those. And then add on add on top of that the pictures. Um, we are exploring new territories and using other parts of our brain in right. order to understand and miniature. So it's not a simple, there's no simple answer to it, except that we have to consciously uh, work on understanding and decipherment of the language. But to go to the second question, how do how do we use what we know um, in in modern times? How do we how do we apply this language, use this language as we continue to to learn it and study it? Um, right, right. So that was a challenge. That was one of the uh, first um, goals of ASCAC was to start using MediNature every day. And and how do we how do we go about doing that? Mm-hmm. And so one of the the early com- the early discussions was let's just use this language as much as we can in our everyday lives. Let's teach it to, let's use it among each other. Let's teach it to our children. Um, So just more recently, like maybe way back back in 2010, I decided to put together a conversation book. You know, let's go beyond um, um, just the basic greetings, but if we really want to use the language, let's just really use it. So Let's start having more conversation. So I put together a conversation book, which is just, by the way, an initial project, a beginning, which I'm expecting others to keep working on and keep tweaking, as we say, and uh, making it even better because it was just something I did just to put it out there, a beginning, a start, here's something. Let's you we can begin with this, okay? Uh so that we can use it um in schools when we're out shopping in the store, buying things, um the uh using the numbers, counting, uh just in every aspect of our of our lives every day. But the and the other part of that is that living in a modern world we need new words to um, to use for things that they didn't have in ancient Kemet. So mm-hmm. telephones, iPhones, iPads, 
um, right. airplanes, computers, you know, everything, submarines, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So we need a whole lot of new words. And the whole process of creating new words, well, that is something that is done every day in every language, right? I mean, even right. in English. Well, right. there are new words, there are new words uh, created every day in every language. That's mm-hmm. language, right? And right. so we can do that too for Medimetra. So even in my conversation book, Medjot with Fa, I, um, um, with the help of a few friends of mine, by the way, um, came up with words for some modern things that we use every day. Those don't have to be the only words we use for um, cell phone, computer, iPhone, etc. But if anybody else has any um, better ones or something to add, because you don't have to get rid of the old ones, you could the ones that I have, you could just add something to that. But in order to use the language, obviously, we need to create new words. Now, the ideal situation for that is um, for there to be, for a group of people or groups of people to come together for to come to a consensus on not only new words, but modernizing the language for use in today's world. And we can do that too, but that's something that still needs to be done. I like that idea of 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 just using it in our regular, you know, expression of making it, you know, using it as our jargon of how we relate to one another and also making it adaptable for, for modern usage, you know, but, but still getting a firm grasp of a firm foundation of the language. I think that's a brilliant way of, of, of us uh, embracing it and making it relevant. I see rappers... That, that that are now using the symbolism even more, clothing and fashion, uh, right. expressing it. And they want to use it from an African perspective as opposed to just the, the generic cold way that it was right. in the past. And they wanting to embrace the African root. I think that's a very, very good thing. Uh, so I, I, see, I see us just trying to be in front of that and making it palatable to the next generation. Exactly. Uh, very, very much so. Um, you know, one of one of the things when in when I first started teaching, well, yeah, when I first started teaching Medinetra, even back in the Comedic Institute back in the early '80s and late '70s, we had to read. We wanted to read out loud. You have to be able to vocalize to read out loud. So you have a text on a piece of paper. You want to read it out loud. So. That's where the whole, where we began to realize we have to vocalize the language because we we need to we we need to be able to read it. But also, what what use is it if we don't use if we can't use it in our everyday lives? What use is it then? And I have to add to that uh, where the where where maybe my original thought for conversational medinature comes from. Dr. Shekhan Tudia, um, in the mid-70s, 
I hope everybody in this call knows who Dr. Shekhant Diop was. It was his desire to use Medunetra as the lingua franca for the entire continent of Africa. And he started a little movement, actually, to um, re- uh, revive the language as a living language for the um, to be used as the communication language for the continent of Africa. In the 60s, there was this movement for a one language to be the unifying language that all African people on the continent could speak the same language for communication, for for to unify each other, um, for unity. And so in the 60s, people were throwing out different languages like Kiswahili, uh, Yoruba, um, what was the other one, Hausa. There were a couple of more that were... Um, that people um, were choosing to be unifying languages or lingua franca, as we call it. And Dr. Diop was really um, pushing for Medinetra. But in order for that to happen, we would have to revive it as a living language to be able to speak it, to be able to actually use it every day. And so that's, that's maybe the origin of where that whole movement came from, to vocalize the language, to actually use it. Right. Greetings. Greetings to my sister, uh, Dr. Riketti. How you doing, sister? Fine. Never do I. All right. This is Brother Sarnetta. Um, greetings to my brother Ismail and the whole Amara squad and um, Team Osiris. Of course, my brother, Dr. Reggie, who is doing a spectacular job in bringing the youth out to the museum, teaching them about ancient Kemet and the Metunetra. I want to first say that. Got to give a strong, powerful shout-out to Brother Reggie, who's doing the work out there with the young people. And um, my sister, uh, Dr. Riketti, uh your name seems to always come up whenever we're having these discussions about ancient Kemet. Like, for example, um, I interviewed Brother Baba Haru, Brother Infadiji, Shaka Upmost, Brother Reggie. Your name seems to always come up about the Netunetra, about ancient Kemet, which is beautiful. Now, you know, our people, we have went through so much and we have been stripped of a thorough knowledge of self and we are still trying to find out who are we as a people. This is why we have these discussions, these important discussions amongst ourselves where we have these little debates or, you know, powerful discussions and some people might say, oh, we don't need to have a debate no more. You know, we know the Bible is this. But see, a lot of us really don't know. And this is why we're still having these discussions, because we never really had um, the discussion of who are we as a people. So I'm asking you, my sister, because when we have these discussions, you know, you will find out that the Hebrews will say that our true nationality is Hebrew. We are all Hebrew. We ain't got nothing to do with Kemet. Or you'll find the Moors will tell you, well, we are all Moors, you know, black and stuff like that. That's bad, and we need to stay away from that, and we are not African, and we are from the Americas. and You know, so the confusion is still out there. So being that we have a profound doctor on the phone today, I ask you, my sister, who are we as a people? Pertaining to history as well. Uh, do I, for the listen that really, do I? Who are we as a people? Um, I know, I know all of the... Um, 
I know all the groups or ideas, let me put it that way, that you were just talking about. But, and a lot of those ideas come from lack of knowledge of who we are as a people. I, I would honest, I would say that, well, we all know that, just look at the color of our skin. We are, we are we're Africans. We know that. Or some of us don't know that. But um, <laughs> there's still a lot of African people who don't want to associate and be African, right? There, mm-hmm. And there's so much that's been said and done. I, and I don't want to call names and really talk about other people's beliefs, really, or or, or not understanding, because that, that really wouldn't do any good. I, I'm just going to point to to this, and that is one thing we definitively know about, because it was written down for us, we know about Kemet. That's one thing we absolutely can tell you. It's, it's history, it's culture, it's worldview, we can tell you all about Kemet, and we can, and we also can say, thanks to Dr. Diop, that it goes back many, many thousands of years, at least ten thousand years before, before the story of Jesus, before the story of, before the Christian story, before the Jewish story, before, before all those stories. It just simply goes back long, many thousands of years before any of those stories. As a matter of fact, it. First thing that comes to my mind is a little book that Dr. Ben wrote. It was about the African origins of Christianity, and he talked about how how a lot of um, the early work that was done in in Egyptology was uh, the chronology was so that it could fit in with the Bible chronology, which was according to Dr. Ben and biblical scholars, too, about 6,000 years uh, B.C. To say something, to to move beyond that, Kemet is ancient, and many African people all over the continent trace their origins back to Kemet. Not everybody, but many of them do. And, And beyond Kemet, the people of Africa go back many twenty, thirty thousand years, or even before that. We're a very ancient people, and we know that we that that is the continent that we come from. All right, when beautiful. People, um, this, yes, beautiful. Just one follow-up question, and I'm gonna go back to listening to you to that wisdom. What is studying ancient Kemet or knowing the Metuneta going to do for me today? How can that pay my bills? How could that um, put food on my table? Why should we study ancient Kemet? What is that going to do for us today, though, Doctor? Thank you. I like the way you put that question. How is that going to pay my bills? (laughs) How is that going to put food on my table? Well, I don't know. It's, It's... I don't know that it's going to pay your bills and put food on your table, but I can tell you <laughs> it will change your life because there's one of the because studying studying Medunetra, you will learn about how you'll learn about our culture. What is African culture? What is our worldview? What 
is our spirituality. And only at looking at commit are you going to learn that. That's the only way that you'll get it. Not as as you already know, not through Christianity, not through Judaism, not through Islam. Those are not our spiritual forms. Those are not our culture. That is not our history. That's not our worldview. And the only way that we are going to understand what is it that is our what is our being, what is our energy, what is our spirit, what is our spirituality, what is it that people of ancient Africa really believed is really through Medinature. And it's there, it's there because they wrote it down. It's there, um, and we can go and read about it and study it and learn about it. And that brings up a really interesting point, and that is what is it that we believe? How did, how did, we, how did we raise our children? How did we uh, organize our, our government? How did we, um, what did we believe? How did we treat our women? How did we treat our elders? How did we organize our communities? How did we how did we live our lives? What did we do uh, with the wrongdoers? How did what what was the essence of our society? Because don't forget that in the major Western religions, they have they have books, they have rules, they have laws. Everybody lives their lives by by some concept. In ancient Kemet, they lived their lives by the concept of ma'at, which was the basic foundation of how they lived their lives. In the Western world that we live in now, we are living our lives by the by Western concepts, by the patrilineal system of 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 governance of governing. Uh, uh, our communities, our families, everything. The way we live our lives in this country are diametrically opposed to the way African people live their lives on the continent. So by changing the way we live our lives, changing our worldview, changing the way we conceptualize the world and, and the universe, we will, and changing ourselves, we will be better people we will not be in this horrible situation mentally and physically that we are in in this in this society the way we are living now isn't really putting food on our table and paying our bills it's not really because it's so messed up it's ruining our it's ruining our spirit, it's ruining our energy, it's ruining our families, it's ruining our community, our nature nation, it's destroying us. You can't say that on this path that we're on here that we're actually getting somewhere. Yeah, maybe maybe you can pay your, your mortgage or whatever, but it's not taking us anywhere but down to destruction. So how do we go up to um how do how do we bring ourselves out of this and into our real being and making the world, our world and the world, a better place for all of us? We have to change ourselves, and we find 
we can look to Kemet for that. Who were we? Who were we? What did we believe in? What do we believe in? And we really have to go back to, to Kemet to find that. Thank you, my sister. I respect that. I, I love the answer. Thank you. Thank okay. you for the uh, <laughs> All right. This episode is brought to you by Ad Animate Productions. Uh, that brings you Mel Trex exploring uh, ancient Africa, episode one. It's also brought to you by Medieval Upheaval, a catalog of bloody European evils by Sisha Kimmet. It's also brought to you by the Handbook of the Conscious Community by Brother Jonathan Owens. And also being brought to you by the Beginner's Introduction to Meta Nature by Ujau. All right. Also, niggas footwear. Remember, in February, the leather joints will be out in the RBGs, right? You can get to the AmaraSquad.org store, right, and get all these products, and we appreciate that. Where you at, uh, Brother Ujau? Uh, Hotel, Hotel. Uh, Uncle Jasenev, uh Dr. Vakedi, um, I, I have a, a testimony and a question. Uh, basically, my, I think one of my questions was already at, asked, but I want to I want to give a brief testimony first um, okay. to let to let the uh, listening audience know that uh, as as one of your students, um, that I really want to thank you and appreciate your um, effective way of teaching, your um, your patience, and your your willingness and sincerity um, to advance the work and to make people understand. So. Um, and you also had taught my uh, daughter, uh, you know, and that that takes a lot of patience to teach for as many years as, as you have. And you basically, uh, you know, my my background. I have a computer science background, so I, I I did professional professionally. I was a computer programmer, so in doing so, I learned the the mechanics of languages. You know, I I, I kind of looked at languages, uh, wh- whether semantics, and I kind of understood how languages work or communications work, and that helped me to look into uh, Medunetra. But when I um, came in contact with you years ago and, and took your class, you, you, gave, you gave me a framework and a methodology and put me on the right track with um, learning it uh, properly. And I want to thank you uh, for that and your continued work um, in that. So I just want to and, – and, and the fact that you're, you're actually producing teachers. You know, my, myself, I've been teaching it. Um, from your inspiration for uh, just about four years, and I and I'm, I know the brother uh, Bonochi Montgomery, um, uh, Baba Heru, M. Fundishi, um, pretty much people who are teaching it now are, have all been students of yours or have definitely been inspired by you. So I want to give thanks um, thanks to you for for all of that you've done uh, to inspire me. Uh, Thank so you. with that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, with that, uh, I had a question. Uh, it was kind of asked already, but it's it's more. I guess I can be a little more specific, it, and that is along the lines of the of what can Metonetra do for us today. But in terms of where are we, and in, in, so so far as a speech community, um, speaking it and actually um, allowing the ancestors to speak directly to us, so we can use that information as a resource to to apply these things in our lives today as you said where we can 
make the world a better place for ourselves and uh, really put food on our table, you know. Um, uh, so I guess my question is uh, where where are things in terms of a speech community or or moving towards standardizing a a way of us actually bringing it into usage um in terms of just the language and, and speaking it uh as as the the um late uh Shekantajiop had envisioned us to bring it back are are we you know where are we with that okay do all for the worship that um where are we with um reviving the language and speaking it and using it um First of all, everybody, uh, so many people everywhere are starting to use the language. We already know that. Uh, just even speaking, saying what, whatever, whatever they know, and teaching it to our children, right? Um, in order to revive, to really revive a language as a spoken language, we actually need to have conferences where we actually bring people together to to discuss this, to talk about it. It can't come from me. It can't come from any one individual or or any one, just one group like your group, just, uh, the people that are on this call, for example. It really, there really needs to be a consensus because a language is big and there are different um um, there are different aspects of the language that have to be um, modernized for for today or brought into being for today. So we really need a conference, right, we, where people can come together and discuss the various issues involved in reviving the language. Even Dr. Diop wanted that, but you really didn't live long enough, I guess, to fulfill that um, one goal because his life was so taken over with so many other things. And ASCAC did not pursue that, unfortunately. Um, maybe that would have been a good venue for pursuing it. They could, So we'll just put that to the side. Um, but that's something that still needs to be done today. And I think I've spoken to a couple of people about doing just that. Um, mm-hmm. at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that needs to be done because obviously out with uh, my book, uh, my conversation book, this just one little beginning, but that's a good um, springboard to um, to move beyond that. But consensus is important because if you do not have consensus, what would happen is then everybody, then different groups of people and different organizations would just go on and start doing their own thing. We don't want that. <laughs> you know, definitely we don't want that because that would be a mess that would take us another five, another hundred years to undo, right? I'm, I'm serious. So um, we, we okay. really... Every, well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of people on this conference might know of the Hebrew story about how ancient Hebrew was basically one time, had basically died out as a spoken language. And then um, in 19, excuse me, um, yeah, about 19, 
30-something, a group of people started to get together wondering how they could revive the language. And then in 1945 or so, another group of people, another group of rabbis and linguists and scholars got together uh, once they realized that Israel was going to, that they're going to give them that land and Israel was going to be a state and they needed a national language. They started working really hard on um, making Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew, using that as a basic foundation for a modern Hebrew language. Mm -hmm. And they completely uh, revived it as a modern language, um, um, bringing together different pieces of it that were spoken in different parts of the world based on ancient Hebrew, and now it is the national language of the state of Israel. Reviving ancient languages, modernizing them, using them um, is something that's been done several times in history. So it's something absolutely we could do with Medinature, but um, we really need a group of respected people scholars in the language and linguists to come together and work on that. So whoever can pull together a conference, I'll be there, I'm in on that because that is exactly what we need. Mm. And that well, has to be done. It really does. It has to be done. Yes. Well, I'm... I'm, I'm, like I'm yes, you definitely speak to the right that. people to make that happen. Yeah, we we there there are a lot of us who who want to do that. As you really realize, putting together a conference is needs to be done by somebody who puts together conferences. Because um, <laughs> I'm a scholar, I don't you know I I don't know how to organize a conference. That takes quite a bit of work. But there are people mm. out there that do that, mm. and no. that's well, kind of like what. Let me um, well, let, let me get uh, Brother Reg in here real quick, uh, Ujao. Uh, where you at, Ujao? Where, where you at, Reggie? I'm here. If you can hear me, Ian Hotel, Pimat Natur, Sinat Ricketti. Hotel, Brother Reggie. How are you? Hotel. This is uh, for us. It's almost uh, 30 years. Uh, one yes, more it is. Next year, almost almost 30 years. Um, and um, I've learned I've learned so much, and I've uh, appreciated so much. Um, and a lot of our elders have left and um, onto the Amduit, and I've um, right. been a part of almost all of their um, uh, their their ceremonies. Uh, um, certainly, um, Dr. Joseph Benjo Cannon and Dr. Clark and Dr. Um, and um, Sister Kethel most recently, and um, and uh wow and um brother bill jones and so um brother leo downs and so many people that have went on and now uh uh dr ricketti you at the uh um you're 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 really at the helm i mean um um dr carruthers we miss him much um Um, and we had some great starts, and um, we became, our problem was we became too political, and that made us um, mean-spirited. So first, I, I, I certainly want to do, if I've ever done anything uh, that was uh, bad, I, I sincerely uh, apologize. 
I sincerely apologize. Um, I, as a young man, and I think we people made mistakes, and I understand right. Right. the reasons why they made the mistake. But the, the thing about it is our culture is beautiful, and there is mod, and so we try to uh, – uh, and anybody can tell you that in um, that I almost raised your name up uh, in the work uh, foremost. You are a uh, heterosexual, and um, you're foremost of the uh, noble ladies. <laughs> Do, so, I. <laughs> Do I? I just go ahead. I just did a presentation, um, and it didn't all get um, put up, um, but it was an exciting presentation. Um, one of the things that you are absolutely right by, like, looking at your pictures, you begin to see a kind of another dimension. And right. the only problem is, is that not everyone can do it. Um, you do have to have some training um, because otherwise people start making up stuff. And we have, uh, you know, Uncle right. Keck is on the line, and he doesn't um, – there's no spooky stuff with Uncle Keck, Right. And and there and, mm-hmm. and some of us are warriors. There's never Neb on the line. Uh Never Neb has been a great friend. And he's also always uh raises your name up all the time and I'm just meeting Ujawa and never met him personally, but we speak over the phone and he is uh very, 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 very technical like you are. Though you you come across so sweet, you're actually uh very technical. Um and uh, you might uh, whip us up to shape with a smile, <laughs> but nevertheless. So um, my point is that I've realized that, you know, just looking at the uh, the T, uh, I guess D22, I mean, oh, well, the, the, um, the T, and I, um, I found that, you know, of course, that almost all of um, the women deities or netters, they all have T. That is the most common thing about our humanity is that, the women, almost all of them, not all of them, but almost all of them, either netters or by names, have that T. The men could be anything. They could have so many different types of names, but the T unifies um, women. And if you're not looking at the glyph, you just really wouldn't. You just pronounce names like Keddy and uh, Hatchisep and uh, Maakara, and you, you, would not know, you would not know that this T kind of unifies them all. Um, then we have this big research topic, and I want your feedback on. We do, we ha, we do not have a name for Africa. Uh, we, we use the word Africa. And in my, my looking, I have found that um, Tanefa is probably the best representative of um, the land, the beautiful land. And I... And, so I've been trying to walk that through and by some consensus uh, that we should um, begin to call our continent Tanefa, um, but I would like your like guidance. What do, you, what do you think? Okay, first, first, uh, Brother Reggie, let me start off by saying, Reggie, I am so happy to hear your voice. And today when I saw the video that Netraneb sent, me, I was so happy to see your face, and my husband was standing behind me, and he said, that's Brother Reggie. <laughs> we were just so excited, truthfully, we were, um, and to know that you are 
still here, still working, still studying, and with this group, amazing group to, uh, that's on the phone that is just so Quebec, as we say, cool. Um, so I just wanted to say <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, remembering the past in those days in New York, um, um, very, very special, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a great we had a great start. It was restoring and reconstructing and we had some of the best minds. We had Dr. Ben and he was special in that he brought us to the black land, to Kemet. He Right. Um but then we had Dr. Carruthers who um always talked about the tale of Sinewy, which I'm trying to teach where um where some of us are wanderers and, and um but there's a home. And the mm-hmm. story of Sinewy is the most beautiful story about coming home and kissing the gates, I mean, kissing the ground um, where your ancestors were. And and only he could teach it like that. Dr. Ben taught a different way. Dr. Carruthers taught us. He made us live it. And so I always appreciate um, Dr. Carruthers, even though sometimes it was like a sermon, but it was a sermon that we needed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, it is. Because so, we all speak differently. Some 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 of us talk like preachers, right? Others yeah. like um uh like Baptist preachers, others like uh Protestant preachers. And what I mean by that is just I, I guess it's kinda like the energy that you bring to something. People always tell me I'm soft, I have a soft voice. I talk you know, and but Dr. Carruthers, you're right, was like just talking like he's just talking to you, like reading a research paper. And yeah. so everybody's different, right? But every, um, they all had um, so much to contribute. First World was amazing opportunity for to bring every, all of our scholars to one place to talk to the community and recorded it all. It's was amazing, and um, but I, I'd like to. Um, you you had a question, or what should it about the name yeah. of Africa? And, um, the other thing is, I want to say. And everybody, huh? Pardon? No, I said the the um, the people that you're on the line with, Ampicac and Sarnetta, they are two of the best. This is you're looking at um, the new ASCAC, the new conference presenters. The two of them uh, together. Uh, they have put on some exceptional conferences themselves, just those two people. So they they are amazing. They have got um, hundreds of thousands of people watching their channels. Um, and so um, this is something that we've been working on a long time to, to get you on the air. And I called Sarnetta, and I said, Sarnetta, uh, she's on the Amin Ra squad. And Sarnetta was like, well, I, I – I want to speak to her, right? So I said, well, we'll all work it out. But uh, um, I'll stop there. But I just want to let you know that these young fellas, Dr. Ricketti, they can make it happen. If we're going to have a um, uh, uh, a Wilhelm Masut, or, uh, um, they could, uh, this, is, uh, um, this is their charge. We'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Are we talking we got, about we got uh, some of the language? For, re- for revival of the language conference, is that what we're mm-hmm. talking about? Yes, and yes. and, and um, yeah, um, this kind of revival of the language, and um, just under people at different lang- uh, levels, 
but just uh-huh. just getting into the culture because so many right. people ask that. Like that's why Sarnetta asked you that question. It's like you know what could that do for me? Because that's what these people are um, are people who they're our brothers and sisters, but they're also our enemies. And sometimes mm-hmm. they we've had these nasty conferences where they call Hatchesep or or what do they call her? A cross dresser and and. And uh, um, nobody knew that there was a female in the. But I'm like, you don't even know her name. If you knew her name was Hatchesep, you would know that she's for most of the ladies. So what? What are you saying? Um, but okay. so we have people who are very disruptive, and we are we are trying to make a lane with that. But that right. those are just. I understand that. Oh, perfect, wonderful. Um, I'm so glad you're doing that. So glad, and I know. It. What you're saying, I understand. Yes. Mm -hmm. So thank you, thank you for being warriors, for being scholar warriors out there and teaching the people this Mm -hmm. just so much. This, the study, I mean, we, if you go, I don't know how many years is it since 19, let's say 1980. I mean, this, the whole comedic movement in in the United States States among African Americans is young. It's just new, basically. Um, And that's something to remember, too. So, Mm -hmm. you, uh, in any town in this country you go in where black people live and you say the word Medunetra, or even Egypt, (laughs) people just don't know what you are talking about. And Mm -hmm. um, so, we're starting almost from scratch, and I really mean that. In, in the little town I live in, nobody knows what Kim is. I mean, I try to tell them they're not really getting it because they really don't want to hear it. So <laughs> but that's almost everywhere you, almost everywhere you go. So we, it's it's a new movement. It really is. It's young. Uh, you know, it's called that way, young. We have a waste. You know, it's time enough for, what about Africa? What can we... Cause we, um, yeah, a name for yeah. Africa, right, a name for Africa. Well, I like the idea of Conifer, oh, the beautiful land, or Kemet, uh, or, um, but once again, you or I or this group can't, probably wouldn't, should not decide that ourselves, but once again, a consensus with a, of a larger group of people. Maybe, maybe one, maybe one name like another name for Africa. Maybe if we just—and this is the truth—if we started saying Tanefer and yeah. stopped saying Africa, it would just catch on anyway. And then, yeah. before you know it, everybody would be saying Tanefer for the continent. Yeah. That's all of yeah, that's how that. all of the words that we use today, Hotep, Anku Jasinet, um, what are some of the others? That's how they all got started. We just started using mm-hmm. them. And then it just spread and everybody just started saying them. Mm. That's one that's one mm. way of doing it. I just want to know what technically technically it's not never um acceptable um other than some of the other words that, um, you know, that some of them just talk specifically to Kemet, like Ta Seti, um, Ta Meri, 
And and they're trying to take Tom Mary from us. They're trying to make it Tom Mori and connect it to the Moors. But Tom Mary, <laughs> I had to say that because they're going to say that I never brought it up. But but Tom Nefer seems to be something that describes all the land. And I, I, I'm just trying to get the guidance. Yeah, the beautiful land. Um it, that's like a possibility. That. Um, oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. I I don't I don't have a suggestion. Um, I really don't at the moment. I don't know what I would choose. I really mm-hmm. don't know. I don't want to say, but um, definitely we need to find come up with a an, a different name to use besides Africa. And well, I'm, curi- I'm curious. I'm curious it. now. I'm curious now. What word would you? What name would you choose? I gotta know that. Well, really, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what name I would choose. Oh, okay. I really don't okay. know. Okay. I thought you was holding back. Okay. Okay. No, I'm, I'm not back. really holding back. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, <laughs> we used to. Okay. I'm, I'm really not holding back. I don't know. Mm. Well, I understand. I, I understand your point with Tom Mary and Tanahesi, um, or that's a, that's another choice, or or um, I don't know. How about everybody go home and think about it? <laughs> really, <laughs> vote on it. We'll sit down. We'll, we'll vote on that. Look, I want to. Um, and then I vote wanna, on it. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna think vote about on it. it. I, I, I want to get that's brother, a really um, good idea. Yo. That's actually a really good idea. Everybody, uh, really think about it. Uh, Take a vote. Go on email and put them all there on Facebook and put them all there and we vote on it. And maybe have some explanation of why you chose this name. Uh, you know what? I, I like I, I like the idea that was better with the, the one that catch on is what everybody go with. Because when it, when it catch on, you know, it, it catches on. So, look, I want to give you Jowl back in there, and then I want to open up the line uh, for the young brother, uh, Black Clan Warrior, my man, Brother Daryl, man. He's an exceptional exceptional young brother. And then we got Brother uh, Sanjetti. Right there. Uh, so go ahead, Ujau. I know I kind of cut you for a minute. And then I want to get the young brother. Oh. That, uh, let, fact, let me let It's smashing the line? Yes, man. Where you at? Okay, now? yes. I'm right here. He's still here. All okay. right, let me hold on. Yeah, yeah, no. Who you asking, Jenny? I, I'm going to hold on. Let me listen, Jenny, in, and then we're going to let okay. the young, we're going to let you go, Dow. I'm just going to listen, Jenny, in, and let the young brother, Daryl, on. Um, I'm a raw squad up, brothers and Jenny. All right, I'm a raw squad up to everyone on the line. Um, today, we're I'm a raw squad up, Craig King. All right. Please. All right. Uncle uh, Ujah Sinep to uh, the Uncle Jasinep. Um, definitely honored to have you on the show, um, you know, full of wisdom. Um, I'm listening to the topic and uh, the suggestions about another term for Africa. I'll inbox you a suggestion. It's, it's a variant of the word uh, or the title, Tamari, but it's, a, um, it's another variant. You, you know, using other African languages, but it's based on that. But um, it's something that uh, Brother Sartre had 
did a reconstruction. I think it's pretty good, but I'll email it to you just to get your opinion. Um, and then that way when uh, we have, let's say, a group discussion on it, we could be a little bit more informed about that and it could be more productive. But I'll, I'll send you uh, an email on it and kind of get your opinion, you know, before we, you know, have a full-out discussion on it. That's uh, right. Told you. We'll never get it done. We just need to show it. I promise you. <laughs> we'll never get it yeah. done. Oh, it's all. Yeah, it's all. It's over. It's, the word's we'll already, it's already done. done. Well, it's well, already done. What's the word, what's the word Jenny? What's the word you well, say? I, I, I like Reggie. I like Brother Reggie. What's your word? What, what was Reggie's uh, suggestion? Because I, I like I like Tom Neffer. I like Tom Neffer too. So be it. That's I like that's what we're gonna roll with. I like we're rolling with Tom Neffer. And I got the microphone. Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, guess, I guess sometimes, because um, a lot, a lot of the pronunciations, which um, you know, Seba, uh, uh, Riketi Amon can also attest to this. You know, a lot of the pronunciations are based on Egyptology speak, and not actually African languages um, with the pronunciations. But I'll, again, like I said, I'll. Uh, what did you say? Because it's it's, it's a reconstruction of Tom Mary. But I need I need to go what? back to my notes because I just got off of work. What's the reconstruction? So I need to go back. What's the reconstruction of the term Tomary? It's another variant. I need to go. I have what? to go into my notes to get it. No, no. Oh, oh the word you. Oh, you got to go into your notes. So you don't even know your word. I. Right. I got you. Okay. <laughs> hey, I wanted okay, to. You, okay, okay. You, you weren't are, are listening. Okay, you weren't listening. I said the reconstruction of our Um. Bit and have to go into my notes. I just got off of work. All right, so I'm just coming on the topic, okay? And then I say, right. and now I, I'll email it to you. Okay. We know right now. We might yeah. be voting on it tonight, right now. It might be happening right yeah. now. Reggie got, got we three. We're moving, three we moving out. Okay, we're moving okay. out. Okay. Not, not, <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. Okay, do it. Okay, okay. Yeah, listen, listen. Okay, I, I, y'all, you do what you want to do. Okay, I'm just getting off. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting off the work. Got the mic. Okay, I'm listening to the history is made. topic. The job is killed. You did. Okay. History is being made right now, and the job is got you. I'm joking with you, man. Go ahead. And okay, what's the next question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I wanted to just kind of um, say, you know, I think what would help facilitate um, the one of the bigger goals is to revive Metonetra as a classical African language. Um, sort of a lingua franca is that you know in school you, you you can learn Spanish and French, and people go into those learning those languages because you you have speech communities that are using it. So, um, so I w- I would like to just extend. I wanted I want to definitely stay uh, closely in touch with you, um, Dr. McKenna, I mean, to 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 set something up to at least put together a method on the approach because even if we have a conference to bring people together to form a consensus, we still have to have a method in, in lieu right. of it to so so right. it'll be a guideline for people to to you know on what to bring to the table. So I, I would definitely want to um stay closely connected because I, I share in that goal one thousand percent, you know, um that we need to bring back a speech community so that more people will see the usefulness of the language. Because if you even if you learn it, you can't you can't turn to the next person and speak it because no one else is is speaking it. Right. Uh, so, exactly. Exactly. Right. So. Uh, and don't forget. Yeah, I just have talking, a question. Right, and I'd love to do that. Please, um, 
stay in stay in touch with me so that we can put that together. I love I want to work with you on that honestly. Right. And don't forget and as you know, we're talking about a language. We speech communities are important using the language. Um and so after all, we're talking about a language. And so um yeah. We need to develop Definitely. speech communities using a language as the way to learn a language. We have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I, I I didn't have a question. I just wanted to definitely um, let you know that I'm I'm a thousand percent with that, and I and I, I almost have a I'm anxious about it because I I think we're behind. You know, I feel like we're behind. So I, I'm you know I'm mm-hmm. gonna get it going, get it going. So yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, man. Let me get to some of these callers. Oh, you, you want to say something, Doctor? If I get to the callers, you want to say something? Are you speaking to me or somebody yes, else? Yes. No, I said, did you did you have something else to say before I went to the callers? No, not not concerning uh, what what uh, what Joe was saying um, about working together on putting um, uh, the conference together that that we're gonna do um, for sure. Okay. All right. Okay, let me get um, let me get the Black Clan Warrior family in there. Timo Cyrus, where you at, brother Daryl? I'm right here. Hold up to everybody on the line, and I just want to give a shout out. Oh, hold up! I just want to give a big shout out um, and a lot of love and respect to Black Warrior Clan, Black Excellence Media, Black African Power, Real Black Atheist, Timo Cyrus, and I'm a Rod Squad. It's a pleasure to be on the platform. And also, I only, the only thing I wanted to say was uh, I just want to give respect to all the elders that's doing it and laying the platform, especially the uh, guest speaker, uh, Ms. Riquetti, uh, for laying the platform and reestablishing the classical African language for us to be able to tell not only our own story from our own paradigm, but have a reference point in retrospect to have a chronology with everything else that's out here. Uh, and everybody else to follow suit. So I just wanted to say thank you. I'm just soaking up like a sponge. Oh, do all for that. I'm. I'm. Um, do Thanks for your um, 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 for what you just said and what could, what you contributed to the conversation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, do all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, one, one of the things one one of the things that Brother Reggie said a little earlier is that. So many of us are gone, have passed on, and our, 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 our living ancestors who are here watching us every day and and helping us along with what we do, but they're not here on the planet. Um, but they're guide they're they're with us and guiding us every day. There, and there's not a lot of us left, and. I'm getting older myself. I may not. I don't know how long I'm going to be around, but I don't think it's going to be that that much longer. So um, that's one of the reasons why it's so important when the elders are here, uh, mm-hmm. and we're just going so quickly. Um, you need to talk to us, and I'm so happy mm-hmm. that you invited me this evening. Um, and that you're asking me questions and letting me share what 
what I know um, with you, I am so happy because um, it's really, really important um, to do that. Thank you. I agree. You know what? And 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 a young brother just called in. He's the next next generation, and so you have affected the lives. And and you don't have to worry about going nowhere because ain't nowhere for you to go. Your name will stay in the cosmos and it'll stay on our lips. So so you're not going anywhere, right? Your, your life is everlasting, and we recognize that as African people. That's why we honor the right. ancestors and, and we honor the elders. And so that's important. Right. So we got uh, we that's got the Amaral Squad group. Yes, we got the Amaral Squad uh, study group. And, and we got the uh, how you pronounce the Seth, how you pronounce that Ujao the group the young uh, translators uh, Seshu Mahani Medunetcher, which are true scribes Ooh. of divine words. That's as, aspiring. Mm, strong young brothers, you, you got Netanyahu strong, the Parnetta research team in Baltimore strong, and so man, we matter of fact, it uh, man. We, we we're gonna push into the golden age, and that's exactly what we're gonna do. We're gonna, I mean, man, we're just getting started. The young brothers and sisters have put on doctors, so you'll feel great that that they're 25 year old, they're 21, they're 19, they're 15, that they're, they're 30, that they're young. And so when the young brothers that's amazing. come out, that's great. Yeah, you that's fair yeah, well. so you know we got something. Yeah, we got something now, and we're gonna hold strong on tour. So let me get to the next caller. Uh, four one five. Your line is open. I'm a raw squad up. Ah, oh, peace, peace, peace. Uh, I definitely want you to uh open me up at um when you go uh overtime because I want to speak on that uh that uh situation with the Wendy Williams cat and the polite and how they tried to make a video about nah. you. You know I got to go in for my home. Um, but yeah, we, for the system, we ain't got to talk about that right now. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that over time. But for the sister, uh, I definitely appreciate every all the work she done done. And I just wanted for the people to be able to get a little synopsis, a real quick uh, compare and contrast the balance of my art versus the Western civilization uh, concept of morality, which is, in a sense, uh, based on fear. So I want you I want people to understand like when they follow Christianity and all that stuff, it's a, a doctrine based on fear, whereas compa- compared to what, what we was doing was more so uh a balance uh type of vibe. So if you got time to do that real quick, I would appreciate that. Um uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'm going brother. in on how you young brother? Huh? No, no, we're not thirty something. We won't be going listen, we won't be going on nobody on this show. I can't have the two blending in, brother. This is the great doctor, and I refuse to have her name closely, remotely associated with any fully right. at at any time. So this is her, this is her sacred time and moment. So we can't do that, brother. I respect. It would not be on the wrong squad climate. Now tomorrow we can bang on them all day long, but it won't be happening on her episode, <laughs> not at all. I respect that, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let me get the next caller for a question. Um. Three, two, three. Your line is open. I'm the raw squad up. Peace, peace is what? Peace to the gods. Still on the line. I um definitely would like to um I I would like to say I was very I'm glad you guys had her on the platform. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was glad to hear her finally talk. You know I've been debating with you guys for months, and to hear her say 
Um, you know, you guys ask the hard questions. That's why I always rock with y'all because y'all, y'all, I mean, y'all ask the hard questions, you know, about the decipherment. And she gave a complete, honest answer about the work, um, which I really appreciate it. You know, sometimes arguing with the students, they may not necessarily be as advanced as the teacher, but they can be honest with the subject. You know what I'm saying? But when you're talking to the teacher, she um, is honest about the actual subject, and she broke into the picture. Um, so I had, so my thing was kind of, I kind of wanted to build. I have a question. Nobody asked about the MetaNet, so we have all these MetaNet scholars on here. But and my question is about the picture. It's about the um, T. Reggie, Reggie brought it up, the T. Um, the picture is, they said that picture is a, is a loaf, a half loaf, a loaf of bread or whatever. Um, I see that picture as the half of the sun. And to me, it means um, the hidden. That's why the T isn't pronounced because of the hidden. The other half of the sun is there, but it's not there. It's hidden. You know what I'm saying? It's the inside. That's why when they, the ta, it's the, it's the end. It's the place, the twa. So um, that, that's kind of my question. Like, what do you see um, <clears throat> the T as, as? Do you see that as a loaf of bread? As a, just the picture now. We're looking at the picture. You see it as a little, could it be a uh, um, like the sun hey, setting, King. you know what I'm saying? Priest King. Okay, do offer the question. One, 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 one second. Like, all right. One second, family. What? One second, family. Okay. You got one minute to call in. Y'all have one minute to call in. The call-in number is 347-857-2055. You're listening to the Honor Raw Squad. We have the great doctor on the phone. This is the Armin. And, um, you know, if you don't call in and get on the line, you're not going to be able to hear the rest of the show. Uh, go ahead, great doctor. Okay, do offer the question. I like that question because it takes us back to the question of looking at the pictures, um, which is real important. And as you can see, every uh, different people looking at a picture are going to see different things. And different people from different cultures are going to see different things in the pictures. And what we see in a picture is directly related to what um, what our worldview is, um, how how we see things, right? Um, so that's that is an issue. When I was talking earlier about looking at the pictures, so many um, so many of the pictures are going to be uh, questionable. Like, what really is it? And what you see in the picture is oftentimes going to be determined by what what you have to bring to the table, where you're coming from, uh, what your thought is about the world, et cetera. Once again, the importance of consensus and 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 studying and and reviving the language. But just to go back to the to the to the loaf of bread, to the letter T. Um, being uh, in the grammar, being the last letter on a, on feminine words, right? right. Names yes. of females and feminine words always end with that little object. Well, we say it's a loaf of bread based upon a, a couple of things. One, uh, that's used in the writing for the word bread. Um, when you have um, uh, a lot of times, bread is the word bread is written in a couple of different ways. One, you could have just that one little tea loaf. You could have a group of different shaped loaves of bread, um, like in the Hotel Dinasud, for example. 
Um, and we would often say we often see that bread comes in many different shapes. So theoretically, it could be a loaf of bread. Um, it's used in the writing for the word bread. And if you associate it with feminine uh, things, uh, you could think of it maybe as food, uh, because bread was the basic primary food for um, for people that they would eat every day with every meal. So you could look at it that way. Uh, sometimes it takes a colored picture that's painted on a, on a monument where all the objects and pictures are painted that you might be able to see exactly what it is. Um, I would not, I would not, I don't see it as a crescent as, as a half of, or a half of a sun. I don't really see it as that. Um, on, on paintings, it seems to be more the color of bread that doesn't mean that the sun isn't that. But there's always going to be an issue with what is the picture? Um, you know, what is it really? And we've, we've been through that because uh, different people see different, really see different things. Um, it almost takes an artistic mind to see that something, um, um, to see exactly what something is. And I have a... a a friend or a colleague that I work with is Metu, who's an artist, and he sees a lot of things that I don't see, um, just because he has an artistic mind. So that's, you know, when we when we look at the when we look at some of the glyphs that don't seem totally obvious, um, that could be more than one thing. We really have to stop and do a lot more research and study on it. So I'm not going to say that it's not half of a sun. I'm going to say that I think it's a loaf of bread. But I'm going to say because there's, if there's doubt as to what exactly it is, I think that we could just do more research on it. But for sure, you have to look at all the words that start with that letter, words that... Um, are represented by that one picture, and just you know all of those other um, things that come into play and in trying to understand what something actually is. That's what I would say. So for right now, I'm just going to stick with it being bread. But the record, but right. it's not closed. That that's what it is. It's still open. So if you have. You could do for, uh, further research on it, but that okay. is going to be an issue moving forward. And that is for some pictures, not all pictures, but for some of the pictures. What is it? The nature sign is another picture that you know. Obviously, yeah. um, different people uh, different people see different things. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. another aspect to bring to that is the development of of a picture. Well, how did it look? in the pre-dynastic uh, pictures or carvings as opposed, and how did, how did it change over the years uh, because a lot of the pictures change over the years and the nature symbol is one of them. 
Can that's, I, you know mm-hmm. what? Can I? That's my question. You want to say something? Because I want to hit. You know, I want to get the, the the extraordinary question. My favorite subject. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna let you go in first. Go ahead, go ahead, because I'm then I'm gonna. No, that, that that wasn't me. That wasn't me. But it's good that we stress that because we we spend a, a, a amount of time debunking the things like spaceships and you know things that are maybe seen. You know, we we have to go back right. to decipher what was it, what was the original intent, so that we can not go off track. You know, and, right. and keep things in the perspective. So that is very yeah. important, Doctor. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, and I just want to interject right there is that what you see what. When you're looking at a picture, what what you think it is is really always determined by your worldview, what your culture, mm. um, what what you're bringing to that, and you know it, what we in the modern world are bringing are are bringing to that culturally what we think we see there, and that's why I'm saying. Um, that that is going that is an issue um, moving forward with reviving the language and understanding it. That always you, is because, because you, an, a, a person we like the spaceship example, and I know what y'all <laughs> you wrote about this on your website. I read that piece. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs> but but of course, somebody somebody in the rainforest. Um, uh, Somewhere or in the in the in the Kalahari Desert or something, would would not see a spaceship, right? I mean, we see somebody else on a spaceship because culturally that's what what they could think about or what they would know about. And then the whole idea of placing, and I guess this is what I'm trying to say: we cannot place our cultural concepts upon Kemet. Cannot do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work, and we cannot place our cultural concepts upon our translation of a language, mm-hmm. whether it's a single picture or a phrase or a sentence. And we can't do that. This language does not Medunetra does not translate one to one with um, English um, at all, and our cultural concepts. The How cultural context between those two cultures do not translate either. Can't place one so, upon the other. Dr. Uh, Dr. Ricketti, I have a quick a quick question for Brother. Can I get this in, Brother Ark, right quick? Yes, absolutely. Question? Okay. Um, Dr. Ricketti, which, which your experience of reading Medunetor, do you see the connection in any way between certain languages here in the Americas of when they try to make the comparisons? maybe between Olmec civilizations or even in the Canadian, the Micmac, uh, Native Americans, or any of those type of languages, have you seen any kind of correlation between Native American or over on this side, this hemisphere in comparison to African traditional writing or script writing? Well, I I love to study Native American culture, and we have a lot of it here in the South. But I and I like and I've looked at many Native American languages. I really have. Um, I don't, in terms of doing a comparative analysis between any of them and, and other African languages, I have not done that. I really haven't. Um, 
but in terms of the Olmec, the Mayans, the Incas, and all of those early cultures that we usually do look at uh, that have some kind of script, I don't really see, um, I, I personally don't really see the relationship or the similarities in the script, in the writing. That doesn't mean that the spoken language doesn't have some comparisons, but um, a lot of them just are no longer spoken anymore. So I don't know how you do that because Native American languages, for the most part, as African languages or the languages of Conifer, really weren't necessarily written in terms of just symbolic writing, but nothing like long text that we have with Metanature. So it's it's very, very hard to compare. Right. Well, thank you. I don't know, thank but you. I know that one I know one thing and that is that culturally there's a whole lot of of similarities between Native American culture and Maatian culture. I'll put it that way. A lot of similarities. Um mm-hmm. you would yeah, when you um read how they live their lives, their worldview, their way of conceptualizing. It's so very similar to to Maati and thought and and um worldview. It really is. Not every Native right. American culture because it's 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 uh very diverse um Native American cultures here. Right? It's not one it's not one um, That's right. Native, mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's very diverse, but right, for the most, right. yeah. But many of them are very similar to Maatian worldview. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. Thank I you had, so much. I had a question. Nature base. Uh, if, if I may. Hold on. Hold on, Joe. Let me. No, you may. Okay. No, you may not, Joe. No, you may. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my my one question in. That. All right. Great. The question of the day is this. We know, okay. looking in the book of Coming Forth by Dan by Night, right? And and in the forward, you see Wild Z Birds, he tries to give a critique on what the word natural root means or nature means. And at the end of his critique, he basically says, the word is so old, we don't know what it means. I routinely have Christian, Muslims, and Jews try to place their worldview on that particular word. In no circumstance do I see the word nature having anything to do with the sky cracking and some god coming down to save humanity. But we routinely try to place that on it. Now, if I'm wrong, let me know, doctor. Now, you see what the glyph is, right? The glyph is either an axe, maybe a flag. And I'm thinking that flag, according to uh, uh, listening to Neb, the flag means this area is dealing with resources that are primary to our survival. Also, as I study the axe in Stone Age cultures, it is one of the most important weapons to help you deal with nature and resources. Like It's like the thermonuclear weapon of the Stone Age, right? So I can kind okay. of see what they were saying in that. So I want to ask you, what is the difference <laughs> with the word nature and the word God, or are they the same? This okay, is a great you question. know that's my favorite question right there, actually. Because mm. <laughs> um, I answer it all the time. I've been answering, been talking about that for from the very beginning. I started talking about Kemet, uh, and we started talking about Kemet back in Chicago. But anyway, uh, 
to know what Metra means is you'd have to you need to read how it's used, right? How it's used in the text and all of the various uses of it in the text by looking at the context in which the word nature appears in all the texts. That's how we come to under how come to an understanding of what we think it might mean. And because the picture really doesn't really give us much of a clue whether it is um whether it's a flag on a pole, which is what it appears to have been at the earliest in the earliest uh depictions of it, or whether it's an X, which we see later on. We don't get a clue what it means from there, but the context and what in in which it is used in the text, that's how we have come to figure out that it means that it refers to the concepts and principles of life and creation and all of the things that existed in in their environment but most in spe- mm. most especially the the principles and <clears throat> of creation the elements of creations and the principles by which um human beings and other life forms live their lives on this planet and in this universe because the word nature refers to so is used in reference to so many things right to the yeah. elements of creation um Amen, Atum, Shu, Tefnut, I'm not going to name all of them, to the principles by which we live our lives. Usir, Satesh, Aset, Nebethet, Jehuti, Shashat, and all of them. Those basic principles are referred to as Neturu. And then the concept of Neturu, the plurality. And then Plants and animals are referred to as nature. Um, human beings, even the the Nasudidi is the nature Ea, the the great nature. Um, so, all that to be said, um, we're looking at a word that is kind of defined in the context of of all of the various writings. Mm-hmm. However. When we when when we read other when we look at other people's translations of that word, mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on what what their own cultural worldview is, that is the way that the word that they have been translating the word. So we all know that Western yes um, Western society Western scholars have always translated that word as God because. Mm-hmm. The translators, being British, English, German, French, um, whatever, um, who have who have a God concept in in their worldview, have translated that word as God because it. They figured that well, this is close to what I mean or what they mean by God, but people. Um, from another culture might translate it as something completely different. It all depends. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what what is meant by nature and what is meant by God are seem to be two totally different 
things because nature is refers to um an infinite number of forms of or uh, I, I, let me see that's forms of existence mm. including yeah including concepts and principles and physical things and non-physical things and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. abstract things um Mm-hmm. And there isn't, uh, mm. there is not a single, uh, what should I say, um, concept of creation coming into being. There, 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 there are multiple understandings and thoughts on that, but nowhere does it talk about in Kemet. Does it talk about a single God concept as being the source of? of everything and and using the word god by the way is a reference to uh christianity right in mm-hmm. particular and judaism mm-hmm. in particular specifically yep. and it's yep. not it's not a word or a concept that sh- that we find in ancient kemet it's just not and a, the idea of a single mono God concept or a single mono concept doesn't exist either. Um, mm. Mm. Somebody said something to me the other day. They they said um, if one if one God concept is so great, then why wouldn't a million concepts of such be even better? <laughs> you know why wouldn't that be even better? And they were arguing with somebody who just was really definitive on the single one God. And and my friend said, well, didn't you think that a million of them would be even better? And so that's something to think about, too. Because in Kemet, we have many, um, multiple hundreds, thousands perhaps of principles um, by which to live our lives and and understandings of life and the elements of, of creation and the elements of existence, the forms of existence. And each one of those is Neche'er. Mm. Well, you got right. me. I'm, I'm feeling that. All right. yep. All Appreciate right. that, Don. Um, um, what does NCR like, does, no, does that, what does that I, mean I though? Does NCR have anything that, to do with the definition? Part of the letters are NTR. No, no, so, hold on, Sanjay. Oh, what does that mean? You can't jump in there, Prince. You, no, it means you it's can't. It's the same jump question in. though. Can't she can't she can't answer the same Once question again, as Vanessa? No, because you cut them off. It's how you find the words used in the text. How we know what we know about Nater is how. Uh, it is used in in context in thousands of texts that we've read. That's how we that's how we derive it at the understanding we have of nature now. But nowhere is it a single thing. Nowhere, nowhere is it. It's it's really neturu. It's nature neturu. We understand. Uh, we understand even more about it by by looking at the stories of the coming into being of, of life and 
and and their ideas about that. It's in all of the things that are referred to as netzer. The conversation is wrong, but those three those three letters are the are the consonant structures, consonantal structure of the word itself, and the picture is just once again coming from Western worldview. We think it's a flag, right? Um, from its earliest depictions, and actually, lots of studies have been done by Europeans on what the picture is, um, and they've actually traced the development of the pictures from the earliest time to the to the latest time. But the picture doesn't give you much clue. Once I read that in graveyards all over um, northeastern part of Tanefer. People placed a flag in the in the cemeteries. Um, Correct. And from, from the earliest Correct. times, from ancient times, even to modern times. And one European scholar was saying that maybe that idea just has something to do with the continuation of life or something from the fact that the the flag was placed there. But you can actually, there are actually studies that have looked at the the picture from early the earliest time to the latest time. But mm-hmm. also, just to change the subject from that, a single God concept is definitely something very new and very modern on this in the world. <clears throat> and it definitely comes out of Christianity. There are many people on the planet Earth who don't even have a God concept at all the way the as as the Christian God concept is understood. And so it's you know, so many cultures don't even have that concept at all. Asian Asian cultures, Native American cultures, South South American cultures, you know, it's it's not something that is it's common to all the people of the planet Earth and and so that's something else to think about. Oh, that well, you, oh. you don't got to. You, you don't have to convince me. <laughs> Go ahead, listen, Jenny. All right. Um, um, well, what, the way the way that I see letter, um, because again, I've you know taken taken um, the lead from you know our elder here. You know, it could that variance of an axe, because in fact, NTR root. Can also mean an axe, but NTR can also mean the term that we uh, use for the divine. But in the sense of the divine, uh, kind of, I've come to look at it in the sense of absolute reality or purity, because the NTR um, can be broken down to the TR, where the N would be a prefix, and you have the word tor or or tor, right? And it means mm-hmm. purity. Purity or to be yeah. cleansed. Now, when we mm-hmm. take that concept, we take that understanding, linguistic understanding, and look at the actual rituals of the of the hemnetures or the divine servants and the priests. When they enter into the inner sanctuaries, they have to be ritually cleansed. Okay, and mm-hmm. the term and and the the substance that they use for cleansing or to clean the air was natron or yes, a, type yes, of, yes. A, a, a complex salt um, in which 
um, sodium bicarbonate is a part of that you exactly. call baking powder. All right. In fact, the word, the Greek word, the word for salt on the periodic table is Na, which they pull from the Greek word natron, natron, which natron is a word borrowed by the Greeks from Egyptian, the word netri. So the word netri mm-hmm. or netter is a word meaning purity, and the color of it is a white substance. All right. So when you mm-hmm. think of netter, okay, again, we don't trans- the proper translation is not God. God is not adequate for this. It has to do with uh, something that's pure, like the creative force of the universe is the pure, unchanging. That's the ma'at, the law that does not change. All right? That's at the absolute reality, okay, that's pure. So when you approach it, when you ritually approach it, you have to clean yourself, okay? With the, you have to clean yourself with the nature in order to approach the nature, all right? Um, and when you go into, like, the Mandinka languages, oh, pardon me, the Mande languages, pardon me, and particularly Mandinka, the word Torre, as in our ancestor Sekou Torre, Torre is a variation modern variation of the word nectar. They just simply use the TR root. Okay. Um, now, of course, there's uh, more to Do offer this. that comment. I, I like, who is that speaking, by the way? Oh, oh, oh this, this is your grandson, Sanjeti. <laughs> uh, okay. Do I, I love the comment. It's perfect comment. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, being, uh, coming from care, purity. Um, that's a wonderful, wonderful comment. And once again, it, uh, making the comparison with other with another African language um, is really, really important to come to a better understanding of the words as well. Because here is and here's another case where the picture just doesn't explain anything or show us anything. Um, except for in the earliest periods when it's really like a flag with on a pole or sometimes with strings, sometimes a single piece of cloth. Um and if you could see that, you know, you would think differently beyond acts which really doesn't occur until much later on um, in in the middle period or in the later period where you start to see the acts. But thank you for that because it's important to bring in other languages to help other African languages to help us decipher and understand the major nature. That's so key. Yeah, and and I'm glad that you brought the cloth. I mean, I'm going to uh, finish off with this, because the word nature is also a word for a cloth, uh, like a white cloth that you clean with. You know, right. so nature encompasses all of these well, ideas. Right, you know. yeah. Yeah, the axis of much later development, it really is. Like I said, you can actually, people have actually uh, gone through and studied the development of that picture and the access much later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let me see the next caller. How, how much time you got left, um, Dr. McKay? Well, what time is it getting to be here? Let me see if I can um, change. 
Well, um, let me see the time it is. I guess uh, the show will be over at uh, 12.30. I didn't know if you want to stay that long. Um, no, no. Okay. I can tell you right now it's 11 o'clock here in Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, I think this is enough for me. Um, okay, I'm quite good. It's enough for me. Okay. I'm probably getting tired. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you so much. I really enjoyed this so much. Thank you. And sure. I, I hope hope you invite me back again. And Wajal, we are oh, going yeah. to keep in touch for sure. Not just okay, Wajal, but it. all of you. Okay? And um, mm. thank you. Dua. Well, uh, Dua. Dua. You have an open invitation. You have an open invitation. And anytime you want to have something to speak and get it out to the community, uh, you just make that phone call, and uh, your words will <laughs> yes, be heard sir. around the world. Uh, it's important. The platform was built yes, for the elders yes, such as yourself. So we appreciate I, you coming on. I, um, go ahead. I'll say you somebody want to say something. something. Yeah, just real quick. Um, I don't know if it was ever mentioned, but, um, you know, your website, um, com, where you have the uh, registration for your classes and um, – and also to be able to purchase your um, Majat Wafa book and everything. If you can um, kind of just uh, give that real quick. I'll do all for that. Um, I had a feeling when I was talking that everybody on this call knows Medu Netcher, but I do have um, an intermediate class. I do have an intermediate class starting in um, on January 13th, I think it is. Yeah, on January 13th an intermediate class, which is intermediate uh, and advanced grammar. So um, I think some of you would be interested in that. Um, It is a really good class, and I'm trying um, to really do my best teaching as I get older because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to do it, and there's a lot of a lot of grammar that is not so easy um and hard to figure out in in most of the grammar books and we do a lot of different things we do a lot of creative writing um uh composition um uh writing stories and songs and poetry all kinds of things um as well as, because that helps us to that helps the students to learn the grammar. So um, the intermediate class, and of course, if you know anybody that would like to take a beginner's online class, uh, that's January 11th, and my classes are online. And you can find out more about them on my website. And all my books, you can find out about them and purchase them on my website as eBooks or um on amazon.com too. So, um if you're interested okay. in the intermediate class, please join us. We have the best students in that class. So, um I think you would enjoy okay. it. Do yep. you, do you also still do the um I know at one point, I mean maybe a year ago, two years ago, you had a history class where you kind of went back and discussed the development of of Kemet as a nation, you know, um, and things. Do you, or do you still um, 
plan on doing something like that or uh maybe in the future um I doubt it actually okay i i I doubt it <laughs> um that was a lot of fun um but there was there were a lot of things that there were a lot of issues and things to talk about I think that just didn't go well with an online class it's because I've done live history classes when I was in New York I did a history class several times um you know in person and the students came there students actually came from all over the country and you know we were in New York in a building and that worked just fine but online it just didn't work that well so I don't oh. think I'll be doing that again okay no, okay, well, do I, you, do I, 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 do you back do I, 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 do Okay, we're going to take a two-minute break, and then we're going to get back and, and kind of discuss about um, a little bit how the conversation went, man. Um, let me see something right here. We're not going to put on. Um, no, nah, we'll just get right in, man. How y'all think that went with the, with the great doctor, man? How y'all enjoy that, that build? I think it was a, I think it was a necessary discussion, um, you know, you know, even especially for uh Ruzal, myself and others who are like basically her descent some of her descendants. She has many descendants. Um and you can probably hear in her where we get some of our ideas from in our approach, you know. Um with, you know, language going like actually going in, studying, investing time, doing some character, et cetera. Um, you know, and she she she's our grandma. You know, so you know it, it was a it was a good lesson, a good refresher having her there, and, and it's, it's good feminine energy. You know, it's good feminine energy. Yeah, I, I I think it's a necessary discussion, and I think that um, for the listeners who listen live or may listen to the archive, you know, people need to know that she's the teacher of teachers because you 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 basically hear a lot of men including myself, who who teach the language and everything, and behind us or above us or with us is a, a great uh, sister, elder sister teacher. So um, I think it's important for people to know that. And then and then it just shows the exercise of of her um, humbleness, like uh, patience and humbleness, even even with the way she was speaking with us and uh, answered all of our questions. And the brother that asked about the bread loaf. Versus the sun uh, glyph and, and how she that's even uh, yeah e- e- even how she handled that question you you can just tell the sincerity and and uh, um, the the gentleness I mean you know I mean you know she she she's an expert at, at what she does so it's it's, it's beautiful. Uh, well, it was beautiful, but chief, real quick, y'all can, can I ask the qu- right. no no hold on man y'all can go ahead and bury me off in the passes. I mean. 
Plain and simple, I'm good. I got that question answered. But I always know that my heart, that word nature, I always know that my heart. So y'all can just take me out to the pastures. I'm done. <laughs> hey, Chief. Leave hey, Chief, that's what just talking. Wow. Come on, Aunt. we still need you in the fight. <laughs> we still need you in the fight. But, uh, now, hey, I Chief, quit. the one I was I'm just talking. I am retired. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> hey, bro, that was just no, talking. I got a question, a question for you. I got a question for you because she didn't answer the question I asked. You know how in Western civilization, Western philosophy is based on fear. Like, a lot of their concepts and dogma is based on fear. Like, do this or you're going to hell, pretty much, just to make it simple. Mm-hmm. But what she does asked. the say and how does it, how the mod thing go? She answered it. Like, she, 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 oh, she I, I missed it. it. Yeah, you ain't really get it because she. Oh, let, let, let me let me give it a, give it a shot, um, brother. This is synthetic. So you're asking a question about like the concept of heaven and hell, or can you clarify it? Okay, yeah, this is what I'm saying. All right. Yeah, you got the you got the either or you got the either or concept. The bullshit that come with uh, Western civilization. It's like. Either do what I say or go to hell, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Whereas mine was balanced. And I wanted to know what uh, what y'all read upon on the walls or whatever that uh, tells us about, you know, basically justice and, you know, balance. It, like, compare and contrast to Western thought compared to what the wall said in my eye. Like, what? Well, I can just give uh, – well, uh, I, I, go ahead, Brother Sanjay. I, I'll go after you. Okay. Um, like, it, again, it's very different. When you go into the literature, and, 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 brother, I encourage you to get the work Ancient Egyptian Literature um, by Marion Lichen, Volume 1, 2, and 3. That way you can definitely read the works yourself that you can get a direct feel with the literature and what they're, what they're um, saying in regards to the divine. Um, there's really no idea of, um, you know, do what I say or I'm going to destroy you, okay? It's really on your own merit. And this is what comes out of the, um, the Ru-Nu person Haru or the book of Come Forth by Day, okay? Everything is in your own merit. You, essentially, you judge yourself. Your own deeds is what judges you. And that's what we find in the 100 and, I believe it's the 136th chapter as well as the 125th chapter, which is the more popular one. We see the so-called judgment scene, okay? Again, it's on you. You, you know what I'm saying? So even in the yeah, pictures you can see, even without, with, really without reading the text, you can see that in the, just in the imagery. You, you know what I'm saying? And it's no monotheism in a sense. Monotheism. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, there's no other gods but me. Now, you do have titles like, um, um, Owa's nature, and Owa's nature means the soul nature or the unique nature, which is a title, not it doesn't have a numerical value. Okay, it's like saying the first lady. Okay, we know that the first lady is a title, you know, first lady of the United States. It's not, it doesn't hold a numerical value, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, absolutely. So, to where Abrahamic traditions. They'll take that title 
and and reduce it to a numerical value. You, you know what I'm saying? So that they can enslave you. And that, mm-hmm. that, that is a major, that's a major difference between Western theology and philosophy and what we get through in the African philosophy via Kenneth. Okay? So the idea of Wa Nature, which is a title you can find in the Hens to the Atun. So you can find that in there. Um, it's, it's a title, a position that many different Neturu, all right, or divinities or Orishas will hold. Okay, but because we, many of us come from a Western theology and philosophy, it, it looks confusing because we're accustomed to what we find in the book of Exodus. We say, Thou shalt not have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God, such and such and such and such. Okay, um, which is really political. Um, now, am I answering your question, brother? Yeah, you brother, could. you answered it 20 uh, minutes ago. I am truly right. appreciative. It's the works. <laughs> Okay, so that's right. what it uh, is. Sure. It's the it's sure. the works compared to being scared. So we believed in the works, and they believe in scaring people. Uh-huh. Let me, let me, yeah. Let me throw something. Let me throw something at y'all real quick. Any civilized, well, I ain't gonna say civilized, right? Because black people, this is one thing niggas don't get at all. You gotta already know that when you was brought over here, kidnapped, and 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 ended up on the shores. Even in the islands first or in North America, you best believe you wasn't saying, Oh, how you doing there, sir? My name is such and such, and how you doing? You wasn't speaking English at all. Right? So you was basically looking at the Europeans like they were out of their mind. You was looking at them like they had actually kidnapped you, displaced you from your home. So you absolutely had disdain for anything they had to say. You couldn't even understand what they were saying. And absolutely, as they took you to church later on down the road, you certainly was like, this is out of order crazy. This I am certain of. It's not till generations later, as they was cultivated, put culture into, download the virus of racism, white supremacy, that you start to even think you could remotely understand their concepts. Trying to drag some of yours in with it. So trust me when I tell you, English words, English nonsense, is a bunch of crap, always has been, always will be, and that is exactly what keeps us under the spell, the language. Is that- and trying to understand our culture through their language is, is, is blasphemy. It's a true sin. If it is a such thing as sin, trying to understand Africa through a European language would have to be sin. Treason. Because it absolutely corrupts. <laughs> Everything we were trying to do. So at the end of the day, uh, I am appalled when those who claim to be studied try to even remotely, remotely add African ideas and concepts with concepts and ideas that kidnap them and enslave them. It's a bunch of crap. Like, like we don't know how to draw the line and realize that whatever they had, Whatever idea, whatever culture, whatever God they thought they had, it allowed them to move forward in displacing African people, buying and selling them like they was goods and products, whatever they had. Exactly. And the study of Africa will clearly show you that that ain't what we was doing. Just like the word slave, you can't even equate that with African yeah. people. So, so it's very interesting how we play this game, right? And the young brother said it. The fear that you think 
You don't have, you really do have fear. Why else would people be banging on me so hard for not believing in God, in the Germans? Huh, you got to ask yourself, why don't they leave Uncle? Hey, but Uncle, hey, Uncle, check it. You tell them to believe in some other deity like uh, Burma or some Indian deity or some or believe in Buddha, they like, oh, hell nah. That ain't the right God. So why can't you feel as though they don't have the right God like they feel like all the other gods ain't right? It it makes no well, sense. I'm not feeling. It's not a feeling I have. I am telling you that we were speaking English. And it's clear through studying culture that our culture, our cultural dynamics was completely different. So it's clear whatever ideas we was coming up with, it produced a certain type of human being and a certain type of individual. And whatever ideas and concepts they came up with, it produced a certain individual and it produced certain ideas that allowed them to do that to themselves first because Slavs were their slaves, the Slavs. They the slaves. Yeah. Through Rome, through Greece, through all these cultures, right. they practiced enslaving each other. So whatever thing right. they had, it never told them don't do it. So I'm not having a feeling about anything. It is crystal clear, at least in my mind, and at least in my children's mind, that that ain't got nothing Somebody to do gotta with Somebody got to serve you, though. Somebody got to work for you. You got to think about work. Yeah, well, I, don't even, I can't even hear you on that. I don't know what you. I don't know what the premise is you're coming up with right now. I'm simply saying <laughs> that I'm not listening to it. My point. <laughs> It's not. Oh, nah. This, like, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that they <laughs> preach fear. Do as I say or believe in my concept or you're going to hell. Like their their whole premise is fear, where our premise was works based on your merits, based on what you do. That's what I'm yeah, saying. I'm the like, brother I'm answered it in two seconds and then went down the rabbit hole and gave us even further information <laughs> to back up his claim. Well, I, hey, I, I wanted to add to it because because the, the brother Sanjetti, um, please continue. The brother, the brother Sanjetti, um gave gave an excellent answer. I I, I just want to add to what Sanjetti said, um, <laughs> as 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 an example Ooh. of because what you're talking about is is coercion. You know, when you when you when you're told to you're, you're given an ultimatum to do this or or else, and that's that's being coercive. Where in Africa, it's more so. Um, a judgment of success. It's, it's it's more so like when you get in your car and you're and you're going 60 miles an hour. When you put your foot on the brake, you 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 want the brake to work and slow the car down to bring it to a stop. So so there's a so there's something that you have to do to achieve that goal. So that's more so uh, of a success thing. If if you want something to be successful, you do it this way, as opposed to I gotta scare you to do this or do that to, through coercion. So that's a big difference in that. And then. Um, it, it coincides with what the brother uh, says that you judge yourself in Africa. You're, ba- you're you're judging yourself, so it's not a coercive, an external coercion of fear. It's a it's a it's, it's an internal inculcation of your moral uh, compass that you are judging yourself based on success. And th- and and this is why when you're judged, you're, you're called maheru, which means justified, which means that you are are now successful. You 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 have been judged successfully, you know, and they 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 translate as true of voice literally, but it means that you are justified. So I just want to kind of just add that in there. Um, and that's and uh, you know what that's deep because who because you know what who knows yourself better than your dad on self? 
How about that? That's you true. You put yourself from the day you're born to the day you die. And guess what? You can't lie to yourself. You can't hide from yourself. Exactly. And you can't lie to yourself. Absolutely yeah, makes exactly. sense. And for the record, and for the record, because you do not believe in the Western idea or the Indo-European idea of some lofty God, right, does not mean that you're, quote, unquote, not spiritual. And we hadn't even had a good uh, a good discussion on what the heck spiritual was. We never really examined that neither. Not, no, we haven't. It's the word. And so all I'm saying is, what what could be more of a blessing, an African blessing? What could be more spiritual, African spiritual, than being in touch with your mother, your grandmother, and your great-grandmother, and raising a generation that respects their mother and their grandmother? How, what could be more spiritual than that you know, to close shelter and feed yourself and to make an area for the for your baby to grow up in a safe environment, healthy environment. What could be more spiritual than that? So at the end of the day, I wonder what in the hell are we really looking for? What more are we truly looking for? Well, you're talking about the deaf, dumb, and blind. They're looking for consequences. You know what I'm saying? Like the brother just said, I use the same analogy. What our people have been programmed to do is like, I better hit this brake or I'll crash into another car rather than I'm just going to hit the brakes because I want to stop the car. Like, it's it's on works. You just said it. Our spirituality is based on works. Doing the best you can with what you got and doing, you know, good. Just, it's, it's, it's innate. It's not something you learn. You know what I'm saying? Whereas theirs is, you better do good. You know what I'm saying? You, I, I couldn't can't like that. Like, like, yeah, Reggie. Yeah, let me elaborate yeah, with that too. Watch this. I don't want to live large. I yeah. want to be poor. Oh, yeah, brother okay. Watch this. Listen. Listen. If you on, have, let brother Reggie get in, brother, real quick. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, I'm I'm here. Um, I just think that uh, well, you know, we're not gonna solve this. Uh, we're not gonna solve this on the line. Uh, because we have uh some uh differences. Um, and we're never ever going to be uh, we're never ever going to be the same. Um, but I think uh, we had a great opportunity to hear uh, one of the best. I mean, this sister was with uh, Dia, right? Uh, uh, so we uh, we we have to put together a plan uh, to have her. Uh, um, come and be able to ask um, uh, answer more questions to give us a baseline of these things, and then we could uh, think. I mean, we all got egos, and we all think we experts, uh, <laughs> but we had the expert on the line, um, and I, I think that we need definitely more of her time to make <laughs> some comparison. So, so nobody so, asked the question she, either. You say what? Ain't nobody What'd you say? Nobody what? Nobody asked the question. Nobody asked the question. People wanted to learn. Yeah, you're mine. You're mine. No, no, no. We we, we did. We 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 got the question answered, and then we move out on what was told from us. After we take the time to internalize what was said, we reflect and we move out. That's how we do it with Honor Ross Squad. So what we do is we call together a time effort conference, 
we bring our keynote speaker to have our mother come and speak to us, and we all come to certain consensuses to things that we can agree with, and we move out on that. That's how we get things done. That's how Honor Rod Squad moves. So we have the answers because we did ask the questions. We take what was given to us, and then we internalize that, and that's how we move out on it. Well, I think um, I think, I, but I also think it's more. I think that I think that some people are on different levels of understanding the meta nature. So, so some people uh, the, the the questions were asked and they were uh, they were answered uh, based on our uh, particular studies. I do think that we uh, like that we have some important questions like. Uh, you know, what's the name of Africa? Can we use, uh, what can we use? Um, She didn't answer that question, but she did answer the question on Netter, and she did answer the the question of Ta, right? Uh, Whether it's a bread or a half circle or or half the sun, uh, she answered those questions. People who study Medinetra have a little bit more understanding of it. So it's it's uh, if you just think it's an Amira squad thing, and uh, for I don't I think it's a uh, I I think the reason why we all do this work is to is to expand it to our our generation, and so we need to be able to speak well. Dr. Ricchetti said this. But there does exist this, and maybe Diop said this, and maybe Obanga said this, and Boli said that. And so there's multiple ways to look at it. It depends on the context. Um, Brother Reggie, real fast, um, you said, uh, what should we call Africa? Do you realize that communication is built upon being able to converse your ideas to another individual? Does it even really matter what it's called as long as the person that you are speaking to understands what you're saying? Uh yes and no. Um it has to do with uh it has to do with power, it has to do with defining ourselves. Um spell. but our job is is You can't to just be make able. up a word, it's a spell. You need to be a magician. Each letter has a particular ingredient. A cell phone, it's not just a they don't just pick it out the out the willy nilly. No, I, agree. I mean I do I do agree I do agree with that, but you got to understand I did propose Todd Neffer. Todd Neffer is a spell. Todd Neffer means to be, yes. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you <laughs> quick, uh, real quick as far as your your question. I think it's an excellent um, an excellent move uh, on what you're proposing and doing. But I, but for clarification, are you are you asking for a consensus or? Or um, you know, suggesting a consensus on on what we should call it today, or are you asking what 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 was it called by the actual ancient Egyptians back in ancient times? So I just, I just want to kind of make that get a clarification from you, so I can um, you know participate and um, and chime yeah. in. On, on I what think it's I think it's both. What we um, we we are who we are because we pull from our culture. Even if we do change or make some changes, we have to have a rationale, right? So when we using words like hotep or uh, any of these uh, words that we do, we have a rationale to use it. So um, the, the, the thing is, of course, is... We don't huh? know the ingredients of the word. 
We don't know the ingredients. Who don't? What you're saying makes absolute sense. You're right. And we get that from the ingredients. When we know what each letter means, then we can mix them and match them as needed. I don't know I about that, brother. I, I don't agree with that. I know you don't. You're not a magician. You don't know how to spell. You know what I'm saying? He you don't know what a cell phone is. Uh, no, brother, you don't know the meaning of those words. People who study know the meaning of those words. That's what Reggie was trying to say, and it would be uh, tough to everybody. Words. He's talking about making a new word. You see what I'm saying? Creating a he new word. No, not, not He already gave not, his proposition. He already gave he a proposed proposition. time effort, and, and we, we know the right. meaning of those words. Exactly. So I said, but see, what he's saying is that y'all trying to do a popularity upon. contest, and he's trying to do something that can be lasted for thousands of years, a, that somebody can pick up a book and say, okay, they meant this, N-F-E-R. That's what you're they funny, meant. You're a funny dude. It's not a popularity contest. He made a proposal, and then we would say yay or nay, and then move out on that with agreement. That's what was well, But again, what I'm saying is we can't do that. Unless the people doing that know what the yay, what the each ingredient means, because a thousand years from now we're gonna look at the, we're gonna That's look at true. the cell phone as That's the true, C as the ka and the double That's L, not true, brother. meaning that That's the not, double that, L means all. So if you got the, the name of the all, if you got the ka of the all, that's the cell. That's the reality. So you can take a cell, put that on a phone, and take it anywhere. What are you talking you about? You see what I'm saying? If the, the name the name has already had a meaning for thousands of years, brother. The name has already been used for thousands of years. Hey, I think this is something, I, this is I something think, new. I think that, brother, it's going to make a point. 